welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey. And for the first time ever, we have a guest via the telephone. What? Yes. Benton McDonald can be followed at Twitter at Big Mac 9812. Ben, how you doing? Yeah, great. Great to have you on the podcast. How does it feel to be the first guest ever in over a year on our podcast? Well, it's quite the honor. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Should be, you know, that's that's the way I look at it. It's kind of a kind of a big deal. Uh, so getting on here today, we are covering the NFL draft for the dynasty players out there, offensive players. Who hit, who do we like? Who we don't like? Has their stock risen? Has their stock fallen? As we go through here, round by round, and give some instant analysis and how we think these players will translate into your dynasty team. Obviously, you know, the first two picks here were Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. And, I mean, I think we've really covered the bases of the podcast with you and I, Matt, at least, about the quarterbacks. I mean, we both think Jameis Winston is a tier one quarterback, an elite quarterback. He's going to a good situation here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Mike Evans. Uh, Just that alone gets you excited. Where I like Marcus Mariota. I think he has a potential to be a good quarterback. But at the same time, I feel... Like, Tennessee is just, like, a black hole right now for fantasy talent. There's there's nothing there now. In my eyes, there's nothing there now except where they just got in, and that's David Cobb, Marcus Mariota, and Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah, but those are pretty nice little building blocks. Yeah, they're great. I mean, I'm yeah. a, we all know, like, I was, for the last couple of months, I've been talking about Doriel Green Beckham, Doriel Green Beckham, Doriel Green Beckham. This is my top six. Right. And now, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, man. T.J. Yeldon and uh, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, it seems really nice there at uh, six now. But and the biggest thing for me with Marcus Mariota being there is not only does he need time to develop, but now with everybody else being really young around him, I feel like the time is even possibly longer to develop there to get like any value out of Marcus Mariota. He's to me, I, but at the same time, he's what a second round rookie pick in your eyes. Yeah, I mean, late late first or early second, depending on need. I mean, if somebody needs a quarterback, Winston's probably going to be gone. And, you know, if they're at the end of the dra- or at the end of the uh, round there in round one, I could see him slipping into round one. Yeah, but if you have need at quarterback, Marcus Mario does not the answer right away. No, but I mean, if you're picking at the end of the, the round, you're probably pretty good. Maybe you've got an aging quarterback, and you're like, hey, I'll take a shot on Mar- Mariota. In the first round? Yeah, for my, for my QB of the future. Okay. What are your takes on Mariota real quick, Ben? I mean, like, I think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I'm just not sure I see it from, from a fantasy perspective. Like, I don't really project him as a QB one. No. I think Ken Winston. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just I said I don't see him, I basically don't see him as a QB one either anytime remotely so he might develop into one maybe in like six years seven years I mean he's got the running aspect of the game which I mean obviously is a big upside in a lot of leagues so I mean it's there it's it I mean he could be a decent quarterback fantasy wise if if he does utilize his legs a lot but I mean, again, to follow your lead on that, I don't think it'll be for you know two or three years. And a lot's going to hinge on Doyle Green Beckham himself. I mean, he needs a true number one receiver, 
And right now, there just isn't one in Tennessee. I mean, Justin Hunter, I mean, how many times and how many years in a row are we going to wait for Justin Hunter to kind of break out? It's just going to be his third year, I believe, now going into this year. So this is supposed to be the breakout year, but here they are resetting, blowing the whole thing up in Tennessee where everybody's young. I mean, now all of a sudden, Justin Hunter is the older statesman there. And he's shown nothing to show us that he can be a, a contributor. And I, I drafted Justin Hunter in right. a couple of my leagues, and I'm somebody that I've always been a fan of. But now I feel like I'm this, it was all on upside. Now I feel like Dora Green Beckham's the same way with Marcio, Marcus Mariota uh, and that whole system there. So kind of me, it hurt to me. It's it, it hurts Dora Green Beckham a little bit. And oh, I know yeah. we're talking about Marcus Mariota here, but to me that the whole thing in a bubble here kind of hurts everything. Even Marcus Mariota. For anybody that needs quarterback help, like you said, soon. It's almost like if you're drafting Mariota, for me, it's like I don't think you're going to get any real contributions from him for at least three to four years. I mean, I I agree that he's not going to be a right-away contributor, but they there have been some good reports coming out about um, them kind of molding the offense to fit what Mariota does well. And I like, I mean, that's encouraging to hear. So, I mean, I think you're going to find some some of the stuff that he did in college. They're going to try to bring him along, you know, into the into the NFL game a little slowly and just kind of put in some things that he does well. So, I mean, hopefully, I mean, that hopefully that'll be like design runs and stuff like that, you know. They should. I mean, that's what any every NFL team should do. Roll, I mean, roll see, outs and get him on because yeah. he moves well. I mean, that's that is that's his strong point coming in the NFL is his movement skills. You see so many teams that take quarterbacks and they're like, all right, this is what you have to do instead of molding their team around them. Definitely you want to get in there so young when you really should develop your quarterback that way and kind of slowly build around what they did well in college and then go from there. Right, right. Uh, that was way too much time on Marcus Mariota. Well, you were the one rambling. I thought it was Benton was the one rambling over yeah, there. Knock it off, Benton. <laughs> Couldn't keep talking over there. It's on the podcast for the first time. He can't shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so moving on here to uh, Amari Cooper. Still still our consensus number one wide receiver here, dynasty wide receiver. I mean, he's still yours. I've always yeah. I've had Kevin White the entire time as my number one. Where do you have Amari Cooper, Ben? I had Kevin White number one for a while, but I like, he's, he's gonna get open so easily in the NFL. And Oakland has no one else. It's gonna be Derek Carr's safety blanket. I don't see what's not to like. Yeah, I agree. I don't think I don't think there's anything there not to like either. Uh, I'd much rather have a quarterback going to Oakland right now, or a receiver going to Oakland, where he's going to a system. Derek Carr's in year two of the system. Uh, Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota are close to being equals in my eyes in that aspect. And yeah, and Benton's right. He's gonna be the number one guy. There that can get open. His routes are extremely crisp. He should be able to get targets. He should be get catches. Just released James Jones, who led the team last year in targets with seventy three. So seventy three receptions, not yeah. even targets. Was, yeah, yeah, receptions. Yeah. I'm sorry, not targets. Uh, so those are all going to go Cooper, Cooper's way now. I mean, there's nobody else really there to really swoop it up. You know, you know, Trent Richardson's not taking targets away from anybody. No, it's 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 going to be Cooper and probably Andre Holmes and who Bryce Butler or like Michael maybe. Crabtree. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crabtree, Crabtree, that's right. Crabtree, that's right. I did. For, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I think uh, I think a sloth can cover Crabtree at this moment in his yeah. career. He's got some pretty, pretty, uh, pretty uh, harsh moments there. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, but if anything, at least it's at least it's a veteran presence there as well. It still it doesn't affect Cooper. Do you have Cooper? Where do you have Cooper on your overall uh, big board, Ben? Uh, that two hundred. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're rookies. You're rookies. You're over. You're rookie. Oh, my rookie. Number two overall. Number two overall. Yeah, that's where I have him. 
that's where I have him as well. Man, I believe you have Gordon number two. Uh, yes, I, I I actually have Cooper four. Ooh, yeah, well, we, we all can't be sane. Yep. So um, so yeah, so well, either way, Cooper, the top four is still the top four, right? Melvin Gordon, uh, Todd, Todd Gurley, Gurley, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Amari, Amari Cooper, Cooper, Kevin White, Kevin White, Kevin yeah. White, in and, whatever order you want him in. Yeah, and, that, and I'm the one that's had. I've had Devante Parker. As in, just to get into it, Kevin White was the next selection by the Bears at seven. I've had Devontae Car- Parker ahead of Kevin White forever, like literally since it started. And since the draft, I kind of, I kind of, it's so close. I know some people say it's Devontae Parker and like Nelson Algalor is so close, but to me, it's still Kevin White and Devontae Parker that's really close. And Nelson Algalor is kind of getting up to their status compared to the other way around because. I still like Devontae Parker. The only thing with Devontae Parker, the reason I make the switch is now it's just Alshon Jeffrey and Kevin White with a big-armed Jay Cutler, where in Miami, it's Jordan Cameron, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, uh, Jay Jai, Lamar Miller, Greg Jennings, like Benton said. So it's a really crowded space. But at the same time, like I said, it doesn't really worry me too much because now you have... Greg Jennings, Jarvis Landry, and Kenny Stills, who are all about six foot or under. And then you got six four Devontae Parker. So he's going to be the big threat there. I still like him overall to help Tannehill with his development. Just as of right now, uh, I, I, I agree with everybody else and I give kind of the edge to Kevin White. That's, I'm glad to see you finally came around, Rich. By an edge. <laughs> yes. It, it, it's just by hair. I mean,. I already had Kevin White above, and then Devontae Parker's mom said that he did that she didn't want him to go to Cleveland, so then that dropped him a little bit lower in my that board. Hurt. That <laughs> did hurt a little bit. And I, at the same time, like, I'm the one that wanted Parker, and yeah. I'm like, I didn't want you here anyways. Yeah, get out of here. So, uh, so Kevin White's still top four. He was the next selection. After that, somewhat of a surprise pick. Todd Gurley goes to the Rams. He's a top ten pick after all. Uh, they had him number one over on their board. And it kills all the Trey Mason owners out there. They're all they all had a little teardrop thug love coming down their uh, eyes that day. But Trey Mason's value has been shot to heck. Yeah, hey, you might be able to use him for a couple of weeks, first two weeks, get it in, uh, take advantage of it. But I like Todd Gurley in St. Louis. I love him there. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's really just what Jeff Fisher wants. He wants a big guy that he can just you know, pound people with. So, I mean, he finally got him. I think he's been looking for him for a while. And uh, I think this is going to like kind of complete their team because he wants to have a tough defense and run the ball. He really does. And it, and I agree wholeheartedly. It's, it's such a great fit for him. He mm-hmm. does everything well, pass, protect, catch. He's going to a place where he's going to play inside a dome. Okay. He's going to a place that has a quarterback question mark. And besides the question mark, there's really no number one receiver there to begin with to throw the ball to as is anyways. So they're going to run that offense through Todd Gurley. That's going to be Todd Gurley's offense. Uh, Put him in the best position to become that next Adrian Peterson. And I think he's really in a good position here to be a top three, you know, in a couple of years, he'd be a top three dynasty or just overall fantasy football running back. Love him there. What are your thoughts on him being in uh, St. Louis, Ben? I'm very I mean, that's one of the situations you go to. They got the four linebackers next election. Jeff Richards is going to line down to the throats in the NFC West. They're down for their hard-nosed defense. I think it's going to back it up with the offense. 
think really the next day Jane Peterson transcendent player, I think. So become a dynasty R B one maybe two years. Yeah, I think I think two years is definitely not stretching. Again, I mean, I think we've said it a couple of times where, you know, you might like what you see in 2015, but 2016, look out. And like Ben said, they drafted four offensive linemen after they took him. Right. We know exactly what this team is doing. Right. Uh, they're going to see what they have in Nick Foles. They're going to run the heck out of the ball. Uh, you know, Brian. remember Brian Quick is still kind of banged up. Brian he's got Quick the shoulder. Might, yeah, and yep. he's their number one receiver. Him and him and Kenny Britt. They're leaning on Kenny Britt now at the beginning of the season. Yeah, it's bad news, man. I mean, he's decent when he's, you know, when he's in the game and his head's he's in okay. the game. Yeah, but be- he's not somebody he's not a difference maker. No, you just you, know? you never know when he's gonna fall off and go speed in, in his car. I mean again. Jared Cook Jared Cook is inconsistent. There's nobody oh, there. Jared, to- yeah, Cook is like the He's like the headache man. Like yeah, there's do, nobody there to love but yeah. Todd Gurley. He'll do awesome one game and then he'll he'll disappear for three games. Is Todd Gurley the consensus number one rookie in this draft? I yes. in my opinion, yeah. I agree Obviously too. Benton said yes as well and yeah. Yeah. That's I think they hurt him. Then it's a consensus. <laughs> the three and I, and I know for, I know Mike as well has Todd Gurley yeah. number mm-hmm. one on his board as well. So uh the four the four of us, the imaginary Mike the invisible Benton and you. Uh, so yeah, Todd Gurley, still the number one overall board guy. He's somebody that's going to be able to help you. He's going to be the kind of guy down the road. That's going to help you win championships. So great pickup at one, one. And then coming off the board next was Devonte Parker. We kind of hit on him a little bit there. Uh, where does he sit over on your overall wide receivers? He's still your wide receiver three. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He hasn't moved. I, I mean, the Cleveland thing aside, he didn't move. He didn't actually move on my board at all. Okay, Ben, where do you have him? Three. Yeah, he's my third. But pretty kind of disappointed by that situation, though. Yeah, it does. It does. It does hurt a little bit. It kind of, kind of like made me a little upset that he kind of. And there's, there's all the indications that's, that's where he was going, anyways. But at the same time, I think, I again, think, I think he's their long-term number one wide receiver. Exactly. That's why. I mean, we play dynasty yeah. here, so it, it might be murky now. But remember, Jordan Cameron's on a two-year contract, one hit away from being disabled. Uh, you know, Greg Jennings is, he knew Noah and helped him build the arc. So you have Kenny Stills, who we all, we all know is more of just a, a go-route go kind of yeah. guy. And then you have the sure-handed Jarvis Landry. So I think it's going to be more the Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker down the road. And again, Tann- if Tannehill could take that step forward, I think in three years, Devontae Parker could be a top 12 the 15 kind of dynasty dynasty receiver. We could be t- thinking of him, how we kind of like how the hype of like DeAndre Hopkins right now is really building full steam. Mm-hmm. I think in three years, we could be talk- having the same conversation and the same look at Devonte Parker uh, in that situation as well. And kind of using Tannehill as like a, a crutch almost saying, Hey, you know, he's got Ryan Tannehill. He's got Jarvis Landry right now. It's, it's, it's crowded. It's young. I like what they're doing offensively there in Miami. Uh, so I still think Devonte Parker is safe as the number three receiver going in here. Ahead of Nelson Aguilar. I agree. Yep. I like I like Brian Tannehill with Parker better than I would like Teddy Bridgewater with Parker. I think Tannehill's a better quarterback. Yeah, me too. I'm a big Tannehill fan as well. I I agree a lot. I think Tannehill will take that step forward. I think I think what they're doing in there if you're a Tannehill owner has to get you really excited because they're really built they're really putting the offense around them. Uh and put him in the best position to succeed. And I and I agree with you. I mean he might have the best deep ball in the world, but hey, who you don't? How many throws go that are, are that? Uh, you know, throw. right? Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't just chuck it down the field the entire game. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of other throws, 
And it, it could have been just a him and Mike Wallace chemistry thing too. I mean, we'll see. He has a couple other guys on the team that can go deep now. Maybe he'll make a better repertoire yeah. with them. Yeah, you're right. So, uh, all right, moving on to the Chargers who traded up to mm. get Melvin Gordon. Another kind of spot we thought he could kind of land. Again, Melvin Gordon is the number three guy on my board right after Mari Cooper. These running backs like him, because right now, to me, it's Gurley and Melvin Gordon are in a tier of their own. And then before we get to that next tier of running backs, and Gordon goes to San Diego where, uh, again, they trade up for him. There's not much around him. You know, got Brandon Oliver. You have Danny Woodhead. And, you know, Melvin Gordon showed his pro day that he can catch balls. I mean, he caught all but one ball at his pro day. So Melvin Gordon going to a nice warm weather San Diego there with a good quarterback, Artie and Stowe, Keenan Allen there. I think it's a good spot for him. I think they're going to utilize him well. Uh, he's my number three overall rookie, and he's just somebody that has, just like Jamal Charles, to take the house anywhere, anytime. So, I mean, you, you Gordon-wise, I know you have a number two. Where do you have him on your board, Ben? He's my fifth overall rookie, actually. Fifth. Probably lower than you know. Okay, so a little bit lower lower than we have him, but still your number two running back, correct? Yes. Is there anything you don't like about him going to San Diego? Uh, not, not, they don't have the best offensive line, but I think mean, he, he, he will probably have a bigger deal on it than Todd Gurley. I can get on board with that. I, yeah. I, I could totally it's... see that. I mean, I, I think I think Todd Gurley is just going to he's gonna have a little bit of a slow start. To just, I mean, knee injury. He's probably going to miss some of the mini camps and stuff like that. I just think he's going to get off to a slow start, whereas I'm Melvin Gordon, I could just see him hitting the ground running. Yeah, running really fast. Running really, really fast, yeah. I mean, again, he's just somebody kind of like the Jamal, Jamal Charles-esque that could just take it to the house, and he will uh, expect big things for Melvin Gordon this year. And he's, he, like, I, and I completely understand why you would have him number two on your big board. And I would never argue, if you need any kind of running back help, these are two guys you really want to get that you can feel really confident. You know, if you get a TJ Yeldon or a Tevin Coleman or a Duke Johnson, like, you feel good about it really good about it, but there's you don't feel as good as you do when you have Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon. I mean, they're difference makers. I think these guys, that's exactly what I was going to, the words I was going to use, they're two difference makers at the position that everybody needs. That, to me, bolts them up to the top. Yeah, and you, can, you it doesn't matter how many times we say you build around young receivers. Well, the goal, that's almost the point of building around young receivers in your in your initial startup draft because when you when you draft these receivers, you got to develop them. They take time. They develop. Where all of a sudden, you know, for the next couple of years, you're 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 loaded at young receivers and good receivers, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown on your roster. Where you can just all of a sudden approach your rookie draft, where other people need young receivers, and just draft these running backs in the first round and get immediate production from them. Plug and play. Plug and play. Uh, next pick of the twentieth pick. What's that, Ben? This is twenty play. Oh yeah, plug and play. Like a video game out there. Uh, Nelson Algalore to the Eagles. Again, to me, he's the biggest riser out of any rookie here. Uh, I have the sixth pick in the Dynasty Nerds rookie draft, and he's somebody I'm highly considering here. Uh, I, I know we just did our RSO draft. Mm-hmm. I had the sixth pick, I believe. You had the first, first pick. pick. Yeah. I had another rookie yeah. draft. Okay. I had the sixth pick, and I took. Uh, it's probably one of those mocks you've been doing, huh? Yeah, probably. And I took, yeah, I took Algalore there and he is somebody that i mean it's just funny because we're giving jeremy macklin comps all the way up to this and then he goes to the eagles right where macklin left 
Macklin finishes the 12th overall fantasy receiver last year, so finishing as a low-end wide receiver one. Now you take you take Algalore, who's probably the second-best route runner in this draft behind Amari Cooper, and you put him into this fast, up-tempo offense with uh, Chip Kelly, and he should right away come in and, you know, not put, put I'm not saying he's going to come in right away and put up wide receiver one numbers, but, hey, his future is very, very bright. You're talking about a perfect fit for a perfect player and and an awesome offense. So for me, he's my biggest riser where I have him almost right around. I have him jumping Doriel Green Beckham. I'm in a big flux here because right now, Nelson Aguilar, Doriel Green Beckham, and TJ Yeldon are like right there for me at six. Like I don't know when I'm on a clock what I should do because I really like, we all like, I've been talking TJ Yeldon since, you know, the whole since the season ended, how I thought he was one of the best running backs coming out. And I actually had my big board switch before the draft where I had TJ Yeldon as my number three overall running back. Mm-hmm. And I was I was happy to see that the NFL, you know, saw it the same way. Uh, you know, when you do something like that where nobody else is really consistent with you, a lot of people have a lot of people had Yeldon like five, six, and you're like, hey, all right, you know, I, I, I wasn't wrong on that aspect. Now, that means nothing until they get on the field, but he goes to Jacksonville where he's He's probably going to be a three down back there. Absolutely. Um, are we on TJ Yeldon? Sorry. <laughs> I know. I Sorry, know. you totally, you totally jumped off Nelson Aguilar. It, it, and, I'm, I'm uh, trying to, I'm trying to solve my own dilemma here. I, during I know. The draft, I know. I the, the so Aguilar though. Al- so compared to Aguilar, Aguilar, I, I, I mean, I haven't had a move to be honest because I had him this high to begin with. So I remember, I remember even like through the draft process, you were like, you started watching tape on Aguilar, and you're like. I think I got to move Aguilar up. And we're like, me and Mike wrote you back. Yeah, you do. Because yeah. we've both been pretty high on I him. I moved him up every week. Like, literally every week, I'd go back and watch something else. I'm like, okay, I got to move up ahead of him. I got to ju- move up ahead right. of him. I've just, ha- I've just had him r- pretty much right where I have him now. So I, Where is that at? I th- uh, right after Doriel Greenback. I mean, I still have him right after Doriel Yeah, and Greenbeck. that's the thing. It's just, if it wasn't, to me, I went in this situation with Doriel Greenback. I was like, as long as he doesn't go to the Chiefs, and as long as he doesn't go to the Titans, I'd feel pretty good about it. Right. And sure enough, he goes to the Titans and now it's just kind of like, ah, man. I know it does hurt. Cause this is a really good uh, system fit for Nelson Aguilar. I think they're going to use him in a ton of different ways, getting him the ball in space. And, and he's just going to, I think eventually just be, be a fantasy monster, be a fantasy monster. Yeah. Ben, ben what are your thoughts on Aguilar? I got a for that. Is, it, is that like where you, you about have him on your big board? No, I had him earlier. You said you're in the dilemma with the Yeldon and Green Beckham. I have him above them. I have him in my second tier with it was Gordon, Parker, White, and then I do right there in the second tier. So I'm really excited to see him go that He's probably the best spot he could have landed. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the absolute best spot he could have landed in. So, so for you. So for you, Al Galore at number if he's there at number six, you're 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 immediately shot on his name during the rookie draft. It's it's a no brainer for you. That's right. Yeah. See, I'm. Uh, I was I was over, I literally sat down for like today and I was over. I was like I was literally I did this I did this for twenty minutes. I brought up my roster in the league and I stared at it and I'm like T.J. Yeldon, Nelson Aguilar, who's mm-hmm. the better fit? I'm like because I have Le'Veon Bell who's suspended for two games and I'm like. And the whole time I went in and think I need one of these young receivers, but now like I could really use TJ Yeldon. Right. It, I, that's another great fit too. But I feel like Al Galore is just a better dynasty prospect. Well, many, well, a couple of weeks here. To we sure this, do. So, yep. so Al Galore, 
Benton loves him. I love him. I love You've him. loved him. I've loved him the whole time. Yep. And Mike carries a picture of him in his keychain. Yeah. So we all know how he feels about him. So that's, that's Cedar Point love right there. <laughs> Cedar Point love for that's forever <laughs> until you lose a keychain. So yeah, Al Galore's definitely our, can we to me at least he's my biggest riser. And I bet during the dynasty community, he is the biggest riser on just on everybody's board. Even though where they had him like, you know, you might have Al Galore like eight, nine, which is still pretty high. He's jumped. He's leapfrogged some people here. I mean, people before talking Jalen Strong kind of Al Galore, kind of maybe somewhat close, and now it's not even now it's not even debate. Right. So, yeah, Nelson Al Galore. Uh, if you took him, I mean, if you took him ahead of Devonte Parker, you couldn't you couldn't argue with it. You really couldn't, just because of the system he's in and the process he's in. Uh, so good spot for uh, Nelson Al Galore. Moving down the charts here, then we have Brashad Perriman. Going to the Ravens, somebody who I've been big on for a while, uh, goes into almost like the kind of him coming out. It's like identical to like Torrey Smith coming out, a big, fast receiver that has questionable hands. Going to the Ravens, and we all know what happened to Torrey Smith. He was just a wide receiver kind of two for four years, right? Uh, so is this where Perriman's got enough? Just kind of like a wide receiver two for the next couple of years. Is that is that a win if Perriman's a wide receiver two number for a couple of years? I don't. I don't think that's a win. Not where you're going to be drafting him. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, 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 I am. This is. I, I totally admit that this guy has got me perplexed as well, because um, he does some really great things, but then he does. I mean, then his questionable hands come into play, and you're just like, what the hell was he doing, man? See, I think it's more mental. Like I was. I, I really, think it is too. But I was never as down on him about his hands, like because of the horrible quarterback play and some of the like. Right. Some of the times right. I'd see him like. It just looked like they were mental drops, not like, oh, man, like really bad drops. So that's not end of the world for me on his drops. I, I agree. But then you also, uh, something that goes into to my evaluation is is who picked him and how has their track record been yeah. picking yeah. this position in the past? And to be honest, the Ravens have just been terrible. Ozzie Newsom has been really, really, really bad at drafting wide receivers. Good at everything else. Yeah. But drafting receivers can't can't pick him, man. He's literally over. So when he picked him, I was like, "Ooh, this might be kind of like a red flag going up for me a little bit." That they might have a flaw in their process. But uh, is that uh, is that also kind of like saying Wisconsin running backs all are going to stink in the NFL? Though we try not to we try not to judge by what's happened in the past. I know we try not to, but it, it's a it's a bias that's in there. I mean, it, it I I look at it because I mean, who else can't draft wide receivers? The Patriots. The Browns. Now we drafted Josh. Yeah, we, we've about. drafted. I mean, you're right. Yeah, the Patriots the have drafted. Patriots can't yeah. draft them though. They always pick those guys up off the street. San and they, Francisco. Yeah, I mean, there's just a few teams that they're just really bad at it. So I, I mean, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, that, tr- very true, man. So uh, is it Ben? That's what you said too. You thought the same thing as Matt thought with uh, Ozzie Newsom. Right, like yeah so Perriman for me i think uh he's got the speed he's got the questionable hands he's going to a good football team he is somebody and i, and I agree Doug, the, with the track record there in baltimore uh he's going somewhere he's, he's gonna be groomed to be a number one wide receiver i'd feel more comfortable kind of passing on Perriman. to me like I know Dora Green Beckham's a question mark, but his question mark is like, okay, it's worth the gamble. Right. I think where Perriman's going to go, which is like late first in a lot of drafts, I feel like I would just rather go somewhere. 
else. Now, obviously, the value changes a little bit, and I, and I, and I honestly will probably rank Paramount higher than 12 uh, when I do my rankings. I have him up on the board now. I have no idea where I put him. But to me, he's just somebody like he like he's somebody I'm worried about, and it's to have a first round pick. It's a little bit too risky for me. I'm I'm wait I'm like kind of wavering right now as well on him. I can't figure it out. Um, I'll probably end up putting him somewhere where I know I can't get him. Yeah, as well. That's what I like to do. So um, I think we were kind of in the same boat with him. Just you kind of those are the kind of guys that there's just too many question marks for me in the first round. Uh huh. And I you just you to kind of let somebody else get him. I have, uh, I have, I'm looking here. I have Bashad Pyramid. Oh, I did put him down farther than I have him. I have a number 11. So that's it. That's right where I, like, I have him. Like, Duke Johnson and Bashad Pyramid. But just I know myself, because being a Browns homer, I would take Duke Johnson over Bashad Pyramid because, and then I kick myself in the ass later. Like, what are you doing, man? But that's <laughs> stick, what, stick to your board, Rich. I do, I do have Bashad Pyramid as my number 11 overall rookie. And that's kind of where I feel comfortable with him right now. I, ha- I just looked at my rankings. I have him at 16. I just, I, I guess you did, that's that. You did what you said. You yeah. put him out of reach. Yep, I put him out of reach for myself. How about you, Ben? What, what are your thoughts on Perriman in Baltimore? I, well, it sounds like I'm not. I, well, I'm, I'll take him anywhere from 1.8 to 1.12. I like him a lot. Upgrade from the UCF quarterback to Joe Flacco is just, it's going to be insane. Like, even in training camp, like him catching balls from Flacco, just taking over that toy Smith goal. First of the why don't you right now with Baltimore Kamar Aiken? I mean, he's not good. Yeah, he's going to have no one to challenge him for for his for his wide receiver. That's rep. true, I guess. I mean, the opportunity is there. So, I mean, maybe I'm falling in the same boat where I was telling you, like, hey, man, why are you judging Ozzie Newsom on the pass? And now this is what I'm doing as well because I'm like, ah, I'm kind of worried about the whole situation. And for me personally, I guess, it, and, and I'm not going to lie, I do have some bias towards, like, I really don't. Like, the Ravens, for me, are my least favorite football team. That's not good. I mean, that's which not Which doesn't stop do anything, me. but yeah. I just don't like anything they do. Again, like, in I've never, I've ne- there's never been, a, you know, Derek Mason in Baltimore, I guess, is the best bet, for fantasy-wise. Yeah, that's not somebody they drafted, though. That's somebody they picked up as a free agent. Yeah, it was just, it's just, like you said, the history there. And I, right. and I agree with Ben, when now he has Joe Flacco, it's night and day. And that was a big question. I mean, he had terrible quarterback play. So I can, and, 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 I, and, I, and I do think he's better. It was he, the worst. He's got more talent than Torrey Smith did coming out. Perryman. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 obviously it shows where he got drafted. He got drafted 20th overall, or uh, not 20th, 26th overall in the NFL draft. So the talent's definitely there. A lot of upside. And again, I have number 11. So if I had, if I won my championship, he's there. I'm taking him at 11 or 12. That's where I have him. So now I guess it depends if I need a running back, I'd probably lean towards Duke Johnson. If I need a receiver, I'd take Prashad Perriman. Right. So um, again, a lot of upside. He's going to be thr- he's going to be groomed to be in a position to be a wide receiver one with a Super Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterback that can throw the ball deep. So, and for him, if he can fix those concentration issues, Joe Flacco has the arm to throw it anywhere in the field. So Prashad Perriman with his four two, if he runs a legit four two, should have no problem getting downfield down there and making things happen for Flacco. Right. So. Okay, yeah, I I can live with that. I mean, even, I th- even with that goofy homeless man looking hair. Yeah, he does look like Charles Ramsey. <laughs> that dude look goofy, man. Yeah, it, it was that hair. It's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, you're, like, you're at the draft, man. Cut, get a haircut. Yeah, this isn't predator. This isn't predator tryouts over there. You, it's a lot of forehead you're showing over there. So, yeah, LeBron like hairline. Yeah, well, at least LeBron got his fixed. I mean, yeah. let's see that. Let's see those dreads get combed over yeah, or something. I don't know. That was bad. It's. <laughs> 
It was funny. That's what we were laughing about the whole time. Like, what is going on with Brashad Perriman's head? That was the first time I ever saw him with his helmet off, you know? So I just, it was very shocking. Yeah. Sorry. We digress. <laughs> his head is wise beyond its years. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, next pick here was a first round pick to the last offensive guy taken in the first round. I know I wish Mike was here to dive into it more. I was kind of flabbergasted by it, but Phil Dorsett in Indy. Now, I know some people, I know Tim uh, at Tim NFL, uh, Tim Torch, who writes for us, loves Phil Dorsett there, and he has him as a first-round rookie draft grade. I have him as a second-round rookie draft grade. Oh, yeah. I'm still not that big out of him. People are saying that he's a, he's a T.Y. Hilton kind of guy uh, in that T.Y. Hilton kind of role and groom for that position, but I don't know, man. It's just kind of... For me, if you're looking at first-round busts in the NFL in the first round, I know it's kind of hard to say with having Andrew Luck, but I'm still not on that Philip Dorsett bandwagon, man. I'm just I'm just not. I don't care if he's in Indy. Uh, they still have Dante Mancreef there, which is – people forget Dante Mancreef is really fast as well. Yep. Uh, but and he's he, big, too. He's bigger. Right. He's way bigger. So I like Dante Mancreef way better, way more than I like Philip Dorsett personally. Well, I, I mean – I'm just looking at the rankings here and Mike and I both have them ranked the same place 22. So definite second round pick and even like late second round pick for both of us. And Mike is the guy that would definitely, he's watched every single snap of that guy's career. Yeah. He, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, I trust his, I trust his opinion. Probably you guys more have than, him 22. I have him 18. So I'm still, I'm right. I mean, I'm not too far right, away. You're in the, there. you're in the ballpark. Um, I just, I just don't like the, there's too many wide other wide receivers there. There's too many miles to feed. I mean, yeah. wide receiver between the wide receivers, tight ends and running backs. I don't see him making really much of an impact at all in year one. It might be three or four years down the line before he's making any kind of impact. And, and remember, people were talking about, uh, T, you know, well, T.Y. Hillen's a free agent after this year. Hey, remember what we were saying about Devontae Adams? Hey, Randall Cobb's a free agent. I thought, you know, he was going to leave Randall Cobb's out of here. Right. Well, guys, you know, Andre Johnson, again, he helped. He was right there with uh, Noah as well, Bill and Ark. So he's about done. So. <laughs> You already and you have Dante Moncrief, who's a bigger guy than uh, Philip Dorsett, and you have T. Y. Hilton. Why wouldn't you re-sign T. Y. Hilton? There's no reason to think that the Colts won't. Oh, hey, they drafted Philip Dorsett. See a T. Y. Hilton in your 1,300 yards that you have. I, I'm just not. I'm not really buying it. It's kind of like that Devontae Adams, but way smaller. I'm not as big as those kind of smaller receivers like that. Uh, definitely, when somebody who's watched every snap of his game tells me he's not as good as everybody says he is. Uh, so Philip Dorsett to me is down on my board. I, I agree with you. He's, he's low. Ben, where do you have Philip Dorsett? Yeah, I have a second round pick right now, but I hate it. It's terrible. Even if two, I hope they I'm not sure he can produce. But, you know, I mean, he's kind of turning into a body pick right now. Like, I'm picking the middle thing around, but Philip Dorsett, Jalen Strong, and Danny Coates, I'm probably going to take Dorsett. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that because that's good value as well. I mean, but you're talking mid-second round because that second round is where I really start to bump up these running backs. So, but I, and I agree with you, Ben. I think where even if T.Y. Hillen would leave, people are like, oh, well, T.Y. Hillen's gone. I think T.Y. Hillen's, I'd take T, you know, significantly better than Philip Dorsett. Uh, I, I, again, I just think he's somebody that's, he ran really fast at the combine. I watched his tape too. Nothing too crazy. Uh, He's probably going to go higher than I'd ever draft him, but we'll see. I mean, we just did our RSO draft, and where did, didn't Benton, didn't he go in like the, he went late second round, like eighth pick in the second round, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so, and I, well, I know there was a mispick there. I think Tim tried to take him at 2-4. He ended up getting him at like 2-8. Uh, f- uh... Yeah, he went 
went two nine. Two nine. Two yep. nine. Okay. Yeah, and that's that seems about right. That's that's right with me. Yeah, that's, okay. I like that spot. All right, moving on here. We get to the second round here. The first offensive player taking the second round. Something that got me real excited. Now let's get right. Let's jump right back on this rich train and talk about T.J. Yeldon. He's the third running back off the board, taking you know the fourth pick in the second round for a running back these days. You might as well be a first round pick if you went back you know ten years from now. So T.J. Yeldon goes to the Jaguars. To me, it's a it's a phenomenal landing spot. Toby Gerhardt's not challenging uh, Rudy. Okay. So he he's in a good spot there. He's going to be a three-down back there. Denard Robinson's not trying to challenge him as well. They're really building a young offense here. Blake Bortles still needs to develop. They have Allen Robinson. They have, you know, Allen Hearns, Marquise Lee. Now they have Julius Thomas there as well. But Bortles has developed, so they're going to have to have an equal 50. You know, they're going to have to run the ball. And Yeldon's somebody who can catch the ball really well and pass protect. So there's no reason this guy's not going to be a, a three-down back. And we have to remember, in fantasy football, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're on there for three downs and you're a three-down back, you're an NFL commodity. You're a fantasy football commodity. So TJ Yeldon here, um, that's why I'm really concerned at six. He's somebody to me you can plug, play, and has the opportunity to be a very, very good running back here. I mean, there's no reason to believe that he can't be up there and put up close to the numbers that uh, Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley put up. Uh, Overall, talent-wise, those two are better. But come fantasy point-wise, there's no reason to say T.J. Yeldon can't be in that kind of stratosphere. Definitely with the way he catches the ball as well. I'm a really big T.J. Yeldon fan. I have been the whole time. I told you guys this story nine months ago when I watched him as a freshman. I was like, oh, man, kind of. And I know it's it's not the best comparison. He was like a poor man's Adrian Peterson. The way he ran upright, was super skinny coming out as well. That's how, that's how Adrian Peterson was at Oklahoma. Uh, I'm a big Yeldon fan, and him going becoming the third overall running back taken has pushed that love up tremendously. Where I'm honestly considering him at number six overall. Uh, really like the fit, really like the player, really like the upside. Definitely a dynasty where we all need running backs. Uh, ben, what do you think of T.J. Yeldon in Jacksonville? Uh, he's gonna be the worker. Work. He's gonna carry the ball. He's gonna be a three Put up numbers early and often. Like, if I'm sitting at like, if I'm sitting at 1.2 and the guy wants to trade up for Melvin Gordon, I can trade back like 1.7 and get another pick, another player, I'll take that all to get so I can get Yeldon and another player. Yeah, that, that's that's a really good strategy, actually. If you're sitting at 1 2 and you can think you can get down to like 1 7. One one seven one six area right there. As I say, you might need to jump up to five or six, but probably depend, six. Depending on you, got to know yeah. the people in front of you, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then stratosphere of yeah six or you know seven and pick up their second round pick and and definitely in this draft because once right. you that second round, it's like a slew of like who pick your flavor kind of kind of guys. Oh, I mean anywhere right. between, anywhere from like one point eight to two point five or six is like yeah. th- th- those guys could go in any order. Who do you like? David Cobb, David Johnson. Well it's close enough for me, just pick which one you like. Right. You know, right right around there. Yeah. But even guys like we're talking about Philip Dorsett, uh guys like that you can get that talent too. So I agree that's a good point, Ben. That's a really good take. Because um, I had the same kind of thought this is when I when I was sitting down today looking at my team for twenty minutes, I was like, man, I wonder if there's any way I can move out of one six about one eight, you know, right around right. there, and have that decision made for you. And it le- yeah, let it come to me. But then worst case scenario, then I miss out. Uh, I'm all together, and they, and they both go. Um, but then I'd feel comfortable there because it, I mean that puts you in a position if you move to one eight, 
you're getting Doriel Green Beckham, you're getting uh, Nelson Aguilar, you're getting TJ Yeldon. Right, yeah, I was going to say, you'll get one of those three guys for sure. And I'd be happy with all of them. And I'd almost feel more comfortable like where Doriel Green Beckham was forced in my lap, where I didn't have to make that selection. I, I, had, I, had, I had to, to take I him. I had to take him, best player available. So, but then I thought about it as well. I was like, well, Mike loves Jameis Winston, and he's taking him at eight. So he knows he doesn't have to move up for eight. Right. And a guy at seven is not moving up to six. Right. So I'm screwed. Yep. But at the same time, I just got the other person has to pick number nine. Because if Mike takes Winston at eight, but you know what happened. Mike would, the whole, all for a year, Mike has Jameis Winston's number one rookie on his whole board. Then come draft day, he take, oh, I'm taking TJ Yeldon. I needed a running back. Yep. Bastard. Totally screw you. So, um, and then did you give your take here on TJ Yeldon? Matt? Really a great fit. I mean, obviously, Toby Gerhardt is no real competition. I think they even said that they're going to be moving him to some fullback this year, which is what he should be. I mean, he's just, he's no good. So he really has no competition. He's going to be a three down back. Uh, landing spot was perfect. They want to run the ball and play defense too. And because they're developing, you know, a young quarterback. So where's TJ Yellen running back wise on your board? Third. Third. He's, ben, where's yeah. he on your board? Okay. So you guys, you guys have all jumped on the rich train here. I've been on TJ Yeldon. Eh. I didn't, I didn't move TJ Yeldon either. He's another guy that didn't move. Did he him. jump your board or was he always there, Ben? Oh, he's Look at this. Now, now all of a sudden, I was the guy preaching TJ Yeldon for a year. Now everybody's like, oh, he's my number third running back the whole time. It, it's definitely not because you've been preaching to me. A lot of holes I, I just, in these stories from the YouTube guys. I just tuned you out anyway, man. <laughs> <laughs> you need to listen up, man. Win some championships. Who won our league last year? Uh, that was me. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. You are welcome. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> moving on, right after TJ Yeldon, the New York Jets select Tevin Smith, Ohio State. Uh, Again, this is a guy you're going to get late second. So, again, if you're talking about somebody trading down, Devin Smith, uh, I think it's going to be some growing pains there because you don't know what you have in Geno Smith. Uh, you're not going to probably – we'll see what you get out of him year one with, uh, you know, they just traded for Brandon Marshall. They got Eric Decker there. But at the same time, Devin Smith is a perfect complement to offset Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, two really big receivers there. Right. So Devin Smith, if Gino can put it together, can be a sneaky steal. I see really good value in Devin Smith because this is where he's going to be going very probably like late second round in your rookie drafts. I think Devin Smith, I'm much, me personally, and I know people are like, oh, you're crazy. I'd rather have Devin Smith than D- Philip Dorsett. Just me. Um, Nah, you're crazy. Look at, look at who's throwing in the ball, man. I don't know. I, I just, I just, I think it's going to take a little bit for Devin Smith to get going. And, and I don't know. I just, I really don't like the landing spot. I don't like New York one bit. No. Geno Smith is blah. It's all on Geno, man. It's what it's going to boil down to. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I just don't, ah, ugh. Yeah. That's all I can say about that. You're talking about a guy that went high in the second round. It's going to go in the NFL drafts. to go late in the second round of rookie drafts. Right. I, he, I, he'll, he'll almost be like that Paul Richardson. Kind of, you know, right. went high for Seattle last year, and now he's gonna kind of. He went like third round in the rookie drafts. It's just not an ideal landing spot for me, no. so I can't really jump on I board agree. on and the that, Devin but, Smith. And that's why he drops. That's why he drops in the rankings. That's why he's gonna go so late. And guys like you would have never thought of before, like David Johnson, David Cobb, are gonna jump him. Yeah, um, like I mean, even if he does get a shot, I mean, he's still got Geno Smith throwing the ball. If if Dorsett gets a shot, it's it's you know one of the best young quarterbacks in the league throwing him the ball. And that, and that's another thing to think of as well here too, where it's a running back draft, but the receivers the receivers are going to go, you know, because of those top five receivers there, top six receivers, they're going to go early and thinking people, oh, I'm going to get a really good running back late. Then there's going to be like a, it's almost going to be like a run on receivers, 
than a run on running backs. And then you'll have all these kind of receivers here in the second round, mid to late second round, like the Philip Dorsett's and the Devin Smiths. Uh, where do you where do you have on what do you have on ben, uh, Devin Smith, Ben? Kind of interesting to see him go like high tech route, get up those drafts. I mean, his value did not shift. I don't have any prison value for him still in the mid to late second. I mean, he's going to a place where he's going to go right to his role. He's going to be the deep third. He's just going to run the nine round. He's going to probably catch a couple touchdowns. But I, I stuck to the upside with him. I don't see what he protects into besides just the Yeah, we'll see. We'll have to see what he does with his routes. I mean, that and that's the thing. You can't. So we got to remember sometimes where a player gets drafted just because they're drafted high. Al, al, you know, Ala, a Paul Richardson, someone along those lines. How does it help your fantasy team? You know, they might draft Devin Smith, Devin Smith, thinking, "Hey, he's going to go deep and catch a couple balls," but. You know, he'll have a couple games where he have two catches for 40 yards. Then have a game where he has three catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns. But it'll be he'll be too inconsistent to start in your fantasy lineup. Right. The Jets might have been thinking exactly what you said earlier. He's a perfect complement to what we have. We have two bigger guys that aren't necessarily burners, and we don't want you know everyone crowding the line, so we can't run the ball. So we got to have one guy to take the the lid off the defense. And that's Devin Smith. He's going to be running down the field, you know, most of the game, running nine routes like uh, Benton said. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, but. I just, so he's going to help the NFL team more than your, your, your fantasy team. Yeah, so he's, one a, of those he's a gamble. We have no idea, like, how he's essentially going to be translate into the NFL. But where he's getting drafted, probably pretty good value in the late second round to take a gamble on. Definitely somebody who they're going to try and utilize. So Devin Smith, second round grade, uh, mid to late second round is where he should be selecting your rookie draft. I agree. Yep. That you're, you're, you agree, Ben? Yes. All right. So next pick, uh, with the eighth pick, uh, the Titans take Doriel Green Beckham. Uh, 6'5", runs a four four seven. Guy's a physical freak. Uh, just a really bad landing spot for him in my eyes. I would like to see him, like I said, anywhere except for the Chiefs and the Titans. But, you know, he's going to go as of now. The thing that worries me about Doriel Green Beckham is he's a big receiver. You can chuck the ball up to him. But at the same time, I mean, Mario just got to develop. And then the worst case, like worst case scenario is, you know, not only does Doria Green got to develop as well, but Mariota's got to develop. Now, what if Mario doesn't pan out? Then he's just like in wide receiver purgatory for four years. Because uh, then I have to take another quarterback here in three years. And then by then, who knows what, what's going on. So, so that's, that's the worst case scenario. What's the best case scenario? Mariota turns out to be pretty good. Doria Green Beckham helps him out tremendously because he chucked the ball up to him. Uh, he scores mad touchdowns. He reaches over the backs of the defenders and still catches the ball. Turns into a wide receiver one. Ends up being like a wide receiver eight. Like his ceiling's pretty much Brandon Marshall in his prime. That's what he can be. I just wanted to make sure he wasn't all doom and gloom right oh, there, buddy. No, yeah, not you're, doom you're, and gloom. You're projecting all doom and gloom with your first scenario, and I, there is a flip side of that. If you took a, again, if I took him at six, I'd be just as happy getting him right. as I would be T.J. Yeldon or Nelson Aguilar because he has the most upside. So it's like. But then at the same time, when you're picking six, like you just missed the playoffs. So you're kind of like, man, I don't really want upside. I need help like kind of now. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, where, where, do, where, where is that return? Even if you believe in Doriel Green Beckham, you're going to get a return on him. When does that return really start to come in? Is it year two? Is it year three? I think I'm a believer in Doriel Green Beckham. I think this would be really good. But I don't think you're going to get your return on Dora Green Beckham until at least year three, at, at like the earliest, like year three. Like if he's going to be Brandon Marshall, we're talking like 2017, 
is when you're going to start saying, okay, I got Brandon Marshall. Now, when you get that, it's all well and dandy, but it depends on how your team's made up and how much you believe in Doria Green Beckham. Well, there's really only so many Odell Beckhams, man. I mean, like a lot of these guys. Not got... Odell Beckham. I'm sorry. Doria Green Beckham. No, I know. I'm saying there's only so many Odell Beckhams that produce in their first year. Yeah. I mean, so, so I mean, to to get a guy like Doria Green Beckham and, and you're saying like it's the end of the world to sit on him for two years. Until it's not just pro- that, but it's not just that, that that's even in like in a good situation where it pans out, I think two to three years. I'm saying if it does, there's just so many question marks there. I mean, so it's, they could focus on Dora Greenback and there's nobody else really to throw the ball to, unless Justin Hunter, set, you know, steps up a little bit there. Uh, again, the running game's a big question mark as well. You know, they just drafted David Cobb, they have Bishop Sankey, but no, you know, that's a big question mark. And again, you have a big question mark at quarterback. Uh, it's just, I guess you kind of went into this year where Dora Greenbeckham was a big question mark altogether. Now this just, I mean, this just this takes that question mark that was written in pen, and you just trace that in a giant bold marker because we really don't know. You know, might as well call this guy the Riddler because we have no idea what's going to happen here with him. Uh, we all know the sky's the limit, and we all know the floor's the bottom. And there's no, there's nothing that solidified. Nothing happened to him in the draft to really kind of solidify that. There's nothing. There's no. There's no. Not one basis you can make on him. Like, well, he's got Andrew Luck, or he's got. He's in this system. There's nothing. Right, go right, right. You, you don't have anything to hang your hat on is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Other than his physical gifts. And, you know, wide receivers are basically a product of their environment. They really can't do it on their own. They got to have a, they have to have a good system. They have to have a good quarterback. So I understand where you're coming from. But He's slipping now. I've seen him go in these drafts. Like right, even our RSO, like he went number 12, I believe, or in there, 11, 12. So he's dropping uh, for sure. What are your thoughts on uh, GGB, Ben? Uh, I don't think- Super Parker and John Tennessee, we wouldn't be saying that is the situation as it is. Those guys got to get over the players that third game receivers. DGB is just so, so uh, non developed and route running and separation. I feel like he's going to run down and try to jump up and catch a ball. I just don't know where they put it there for him. So he, from the table, I've watched he has the best skills of any. We're just talking purely skills, nothing else. He has the best. Skills of anyone, definitely the highest. Also, the lowest floor, so I'm torn because I love him so much. But situation expectation is just so bad for him. Yeah, and I, and I think as a dynasty community, even if this is your first rookie draft, you're going into it kind of. You got to go in knowing that you literally just bought a Mega Millions ticket. You know, like the odds are against you, but there's a chance. You know, you didn't buy like a fifty-fifty raffle ticket here. You bought a a, a long shot. Uh, ticket and it, the 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 reward is you don't ever have to work again at the wide receiver position. Uh, unfortunately, though, you might have just bought a piece of paper you're just gonna throw in the trash. So it's it, it's it's a high risk, high upside kind of uh, pick here. But I'm in favor of the pick. I am I'm a backer. I he, same thing kind of said like kind of Philip Dorsett like I kind of don't want to gamble on or Rashad Perriman I might not want to gamble on. And, and this is coming from somebody that was big on Perriman before. Doro Green Beckham's totally somebody. I hope in one at least one of my dynasty leagues I get in, I gotta get a Doro Green Beckham share because I've been a believer in him the whole time. And if I miss out, if I don't have at least one share to hang my hat on, uh, so to say, I'm gonna be upset. So I I think he's worth the gamble, Matt. I think he's worth the gamble, especially where he's going. You know, I mean, like where where you're gonna be picking him middle of the first round until to end of the first round. I think it's definitely worth it, Ben. The ability he has, like, he's projected to 
Okay. Yeah. And it, it definitely helps Marcus Mariota for sure. I mean, you got to have love going to a situation where you at least have somebody like that to throw to. Um, so next pick here, right after Doria Greenback, and one of our favorites, Devin Funchess <laughs> goes to the Panthers. Uh, they already have they already have a questionable. They, it's funny because they they took a Kelvin Benjamin, a really big, tall receiver with questionable hands, who's kind of slow. And now they take Devin Funchess, who's a big receiver, tight in the hips, really slow with you know, eh, he can make acrobatic catches too, but it's still his quans weren't the best. Uh, Devin Funchess, does he play tight end? Behind with Greg Olson, or does he play receiver? I think he plays receiver. Again, I was never a big fan of him before. Him going to Carolina doesn't really do anything for me either. He's just somebody I do not really want on my dynasty team unless it's again mid to late second, I suppose. I I mean, honestly, I don't like him. I wouldn't draft him. Period. But um, it's obviously what Carolina wants in a wide receiver. They want big guys that you know. Cam could just throw the throw the rock up to, and they're obviously just trying to have like the tallest wide receiving core ever. Don't don't worry, Cam. You don't have to be accurate. <laughs> right. Just just sit, sit and chuck it up. Exactly what I was just thinking. I mean, they're just they're just trying to help out their quarterback, and and these are big lumbering guys. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't now, don't really. If like my them, memory though. serves me correctly, the Carolina Panthers are your NFL team. Am I right, Ben? Yes. Ooh, I'm good. Look at my memory. Uh so, <laughs> shake your head at me. Like an elephant. Like an elephant. We had this conversation earlier. Proceed. Uh, so, Ben, give us your take as a Carolina Panther uh, fan. What do you think of Devin Funchess in Carolina? They moved up 16 bucks. I trust this gentleman, the GM. I'm, 16 he's, spots? He's definitely going to be a receiver. I don't think there's any chance to get tight end. He'll be alongside Benjamin. He's not like Kelly. Like, last year, Kelly like, can't just throw it out of Kelly with her and go and get it. Like, I just can't really do that, even though he's 6'4. So I'm not really sure what to expect. I took him at 2.5 in our RSO draft, and I kind of regretted it, but looking at the players after, I think there's a little bit of a drop after punches. Clyde Walford, Bill Dorsett, Tyler Lockett, Buck Allen. I think just the feeling of punches um, proved the tip. So you like the seal in there? I, I just don't like it. Honestly, I know this might be crazy. And it, I I'd feel much more comfortable getting a Justin Hardy in the like top very end of the second high uh third than I would Funches. Uh I'm just I'm honestly not a believer. I do not think it's gonna translate. Uh he might help the Panthers out. I certainly don't think it's gonna translate to fantasy points. I just really don't. They already got their big red zone threat in Kelvin Benjamin, so right. that's gonna be their that's their that's their first round pick. That's their target there. So I think Kelvin Benjamin is going to be the touchdown guy, and I think without touchdowns, Devin Funchess is going to be almost. Uh, it's he, a big can't, he can't receiver. move. He can't separate. He's just a big guy that they could throw the ball to. That's like the best way I can describe him. Yeah. So to me, he's not somebody I I I will I said to say I will have zero shares in any dynasty league or any league I'm in. If I'm wrong on this one, hey man, I have no problem eating cake. Do you think this hurts um, Benjamin's? Uh, not at all. Not at all. I really don't. I think. Oh, yeah, not at all. Yeah. Okay. I think he might just get. He might get some of those throws that Benjamin would, though. They're like so similar. Not if you're I mean, not getting open. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't think he's gonna get open. Never mind. <laughs> once I once I rethought <laughs> that man. That's never, the whole never point. Mind. Is I get open. So. Never mind. He's yeah, just I no agree. Good. I don't think he hurts Kelvin Benjamin at all. 
Um, if anything, it's just another big receiver to kind of take the you know the threat off when they get closer to the red zone off of Benjamin. So I I kind of like it. And right. I think it helps Jay Stu a little bit more this year too. I hope so, man. Get those big guys blocking on the, the edge for him. Yeah, there we go. So uh, we all agree he's a second round pick. I wouldn't draft him. Matt wouldn't draft him. No. Ben would draft him. Ben two five already has. Yeah. Then kick himself in the nuts. Yeah. And then <laughs> say, oh, but you know what? It's gonna pan out. Uh, I'm a fan. Uh, okay, so Devin Funch is Carolina. If you if you if you're a believer, you know, albeit to you, I'm not. Uh, next guy drafted at. 22, Amir Abdullah to the Lions. Again, love it. Really do. Great spot. I liked Abdullah a lot coming out. Um, I said I liked Abdullah more than Duke Johnson, and he gets ahead of drafted ahead of Duke Johnson. Again, goes to a perfect place. You know, he's got Golden Tate, Calvin Johnson on the outside. He's got Eric E. Brown at tight end, Matt Stafford at quarterback. They play in a dome. Uh, and not only that, out there in Detroit, they have, uh, I just lost his name, but the offensive coordinator, is the old quarterbacks coach Lomb- uh, Lombardo? Yeah, Joe Lombardo uh, from New Orleans, so they know exactly how to use him in that Darren Sproles kind of aspect. And this is a player. I mean, Joyke Bell is going to be thirty going into. He's that the year. old already? Yeah, he's like twenty nine or wow. twenty nine, right around there. Okay. Uh, he, actually, you know what? I think he's turned twenty nine in August. So when the season starts, if I remember right. But still, he's an older back. Uh, he does what he does well. That big back and Abdul is going to be a really nice running back here that can. Almost probably slip into that starter role, and then you know George Bell kind of be the spell back here. Overall, it's a really good situation. I really like Abdul a lot. I like the way he'll be able to be used in screens uh, and getting him outside. I think he's going to succeed in uh, Detroit, and I think he's a. I think he's certainly now right in that pick eight overall in the dynasty rookie draft between like eight and twelve, right around there is where he should be going consistently. Definitely, if you need a running back. He, I, I I agree that he landed in a perfect spot, a great spot for him. I'm just not 100% sold on him as a prospect. I know he did great things in college, but I'm just I'm just not sure if he has the power to run between the tackles and like the I don't think I don't think this, he'll be asked to do that though. I think that's what Joyce Bell is going to be asked to do. Th- then he's just like just going to be a scat back to me. Uh, he could be that kind of the you you mentioned he's him stocky. like taking a, he's yeah, 205 so he can he could be that kind of Ray Rice. That's a fake 205 though man. You look at him on tape he looks like he's about a buck 90 in college. He put on all that weight and then he ran a 46. He was way faster than 46 in college. He's going to lose he's going to lose weight. He's going to be back down in the 195 range. Mark my words. So you're not buying the Abdullah hype. I'm not buying the Abdullah hype. Where are you on the Abdullah hype, Ben? I'm buying the hype. He, well, I think he's going to go on the season number one running back. I think he'll beat out Dylan. Training camp. Agree. Uh, it's kind of funny. I kind of compared him to Javid Best. So like, Javid Best, Lions never got. I kind of what I was thinking. Nice comparison. I like that comparison, actually. Javid Best was way faster than Abdullah, though. Way faster, yeah. I mean, the speed, yeah, it was definitely different there. But I, I, at least you, you saw, I mean, we saw how good Javid Best played in Detroit for right. those four games that he played. Uh, so I can see him kind of get into that category. Um, I'm with Ben. I'm, I'm buying uh, Abdul here. I mean, he's definitely that next tier of running back that I like. I mean, granted, I mean, I mean, I guess you're debating here between Abdullah and Tevin Coleman, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I would take Tevin Coleman easy. So I'd take Abdullah PPR leagues. I'm just taking, again, you don't have to get 
be a three down back in PPR leagues as long as you're getting those receptions and being utilized correctly. Like I think Abdullah will be. I mean, I just see tons of bubble screens for Abdullah. I just see him in Detroit, him getting the ball. I think his receptions are going to be right out the gate. I think he can come out the gate catching 40 balls this year and just really producing as a fantasy contributor. I think he's just somebody that's explosive enough with the offense they has around him to open things up for him as well. Uh, I think Abdul is going to come in and contribute right away. So if you're if you're picking that range between eight and twelve, and you need that running back help, I think Abdul is somebody that's going to come in and help you right away. I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree on this prospect. I hear you. Yeah, it's somebody we just don't agree on. I I, I can hear you on that one. Uh, so right after that pick, uh, Max Williams first tight end off the boards. The Ravens traded up for him. Uh, a team that really likes to use their tight ends a lot. So this is a really good spot for Max Williams. They have Brashad Perriman. They have Steve Smith. Uh, they have Justin Forsett. So Max Williams should come in right away. He's, you know, he's in line tight end. He should play. I mean, he's going to start immediately, right? Yeah. I mean, I think he'll have to beat out Crockett Gilmore to, to get in that starting lineup. And, and that's the way the Ravens probably will do it, you know, make him earn it. But, um, yeah, by definitely by like, you know, week four or something, he'll be in the starting lineup. He's easily the number one overall tight end. Yeah, in my eyes. And he's going to a good spot. Should definitely be a red zone threat. That's where, and here, out of all, like, all the teams in the NFL, the Ravens are like one of the top teams that like to target their tight ends in the red zone a lot. So for me, if you need a tight end, you're going to get good value here probably early to mid-second round pick is where Max Williams should go. Yes. Compared to like where you're taking Eric Ebron number four overall last year. Yeah, it's, it's a nice value. I, I think you're definitely getting the, the best tight end, and you're getting him at you know, a nice, decent value at this point. Yeah, and he should easily be like almost like Todd Heap in his prime, right? They're like a tight end number five consistently. You know, he'll fluctuate anywhere. For, I'm sure he'll have a year he'll finish like maybe possibly as a third overall tight end fantasy. The next year he'll finish at like seventh. He'll be kind of always be kind of in that mix, which is good because you need those kind of guys. Absolutely. What are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Max Williams there, Ben? I love I love. I probably take him the bottom, like one ten to two four. Probably is where I take him. One ten to two four. Mark Dresser, Mark Dresser, Ben, ninety reception. You know, Mark Dresser off last year. I mean, he's going to be the tight end one. Dennis Pitta has like eighty year old man steps. So I'm not really worried about him. Oh, he's he's yeah. he's pretty much deceased, man. If he was, if Dennis Pitta was your dog, you'd be putting him down. So that's where it is. That's where I feel about Dennis Pitta. And I didn't even think about that, the Mark Trestman combo and how Ben brought that with Martellus Bennett. That's a really good point. I might have to move Williams up a notch or two. And we all know, like, I, I think you should always have that elite tight end. So that's a really good uh, system he is going to. So Ben has him as a late first round, early second round pick. And I, I won't argue that either. I mean, I feel if you feel like you're getting like uh, somewhere, like we said, those guys, you know, at the end of the first round, where you can get like the fifth or eighth best receiver or somebody like those along the big Devin Funches or even uh, a Brashad Perriman. Maybe you're like, Hey, I have kind of a whole tight end here. I have opportunity to get a number one tight end. I'm taking the tight end. I know it might be reaching on somebody else's boards here, but I know I'm not going to get them later in a second. So I'm just gonna go ahead and take them. Or that's oh, a, yeah, if you have a need, I mean, that's for sure the the, the great place to get them. Or same thing, you yeah. trade down a couple of spots if somebody wants to move in the first for the Brashad Perriman or the Duke Johnson or somebody along those lines. You trade back to the high in the second round. You pick up another maybe a high third round pick as well, or maybe a future second as well to go with it. Yep. Uh, I think I think it's good value there on Max Williams. Now this time is going by quick, huh? 
Look at this. We're, we're an hour in. So I think we're going to, uh, I think we have a couple more guys here uh, in the first. Actually, no, we no, have. that's it. Yeah. Oh, that is it. Yep. Okay. So those are all the guys in the second round. Uh, I think that's a good cutoff point here. I should have known we weren't going to be able to cover the whole draft yeah, here right. in one take. Uh, Sounds like we're going to have to have a part two. Yeah, there will be a part two. NFL draft roundup part two coming around the corner here. And I think the the rest of it will go a little bit quicker. We we should be able to squeeze in the rest. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, there's no more. Like, the receivers start to drop off here. Mm-hmm. You don't want to get too in-depth on them. Right. Uh, it's almost just like when you get when you when you break down the rookie drafts uh, in the top twelve and the top fifteen, you get there's tons of things you can say about these top guys, and then the lower guys are kind of like, uh, there'll be guys that I love more than you, you love more than me, that Benton likes more than all of us. Uh, but we'll get into that at another date. So definitely the biggest riser in my eyes of all of this was definitely uh, Nelson Aguilar. Uh- he is your biggest riser. I'll agree. Yeah. And I mean, TJ Yeldon, some people might think he's a riser as well. Those, so, are, those are two guys that probably on some people's boards went up. Uh, they were pretty again, much. I mean, sat still if I get back it. to it, I was never thinking about uh, possibly drafting Yeldon at six at all. And now I'm, I'm really considering it. So he did move up definitely for you then. Huh? For me. Yep. And definitely after staring at my roster for 20 minutes, thinking I could, I could pretty much use them. Did you solve all your issues? I don't know. I just had this. I just had this feeling I'm going to preach Algalore for the next month. And then when I'm on a clock, you're I'm like, gonna, give me not, TJ Yeldon, please. You're not take him, dude. I know you. you. Know, I don't know. I'm, I just, I just, I have a really strong feeling I'm going to be walking away the draft with TJ Yeldon. It's, just put him above him. Those and running then, backs. Then you man, won't have to think about it. Those running backs, man, they get their hooks in me and they just pull. Yep. And I'm not a fighter. No, you're not. So <laughs> you get reeled in real quick. Well, that's it on that. Uh, those are the first two rounds of the NFL draft. Uh, definitely want to thank Ben for coming on today as our first guest ever. You can follow Ben on Twitter at Big Mac Big Mac ninety eight twelve. Right? Is that it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Rich, and I'm at Dynasty Matt. Uh, of course, you can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Uh, make sure again DynastyNerds.com. We have our top two hundred overall adjusted on there now with the rookies included. We have our top seventy rookies. Uh, so a lot of sites do top 50 rookies, but we do six-round drafts, so we need top 70. Yeah, let's so we, do it, man. We want top 70 rookies overall. Uh, the forum's full of activity on there. You get on there and ask some questions on the forum. Use Twitter. Hit us up. Uh, make sure you get on iTunes. Rate the show. Review the show. Why? Because it helps the show. And if you really want to support the show as well, you can get on there and buy a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Ben, you got a Dynasty Nerds t-shirt, huh? I'm wearing it right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. I bet I bet your love life has gone up dramatically since you've gotten that T-shirt. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, we'll Beating him off with a stick. <laughs> so, well, guys, until then, I'll be back next week. We'll cover rounds three through seven next week. We should be able to bust those all out. Um, until then, enjoy your next week. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Have a good one. All right. Bye. See you, guys. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.